0: Welcome to Parenting That Kid. My name is Ashley Tolliver. As a mom of twins, one being a highly sensitive child who responds to the world in a non-traditional and sometimes challenging way, I understand the desire to find the golden answer. Maybe there is no golden answer, but there are resources, tips, and tricks we can all use to help us make this uniquely normal parenting journey a little more fun. This podcast is a roadmap to Parenting That Kid for myself and other parents. If recording my journey as I seek a clear starting point, community, and effort to normalize what sometimes feels abnormal supports at least one parent, then my time is not wasted. And hey, if it doesn't, well, there's documented proof that moms deserve a glass of wine. Cheers. Do you ever read parenting books or maybe a parenting blog or listen to a parenting podcast and you see all these great words and tips and advice on things you should be achieving in parenthood, but they don't actually tell you how to achieve that. They don't have a step-by-step. Super frustrating, and if you're like me and you need it to be broken down, tell me what I need to do first, second, and third, then this episode is for you. My guest today is Crystal Hotsma, a Canadian homeschooling mom of four and a certified life coach. She has a BA in psychology and has an extended love of learning about the study of behavior. Crystal merges radical connection and peaceful parenting philosophies with the how-to emotions and mindset work. I absolutely love my conversation with Crystal. Her step-by-step how-to is perfect for any parent struggling with children who have difficult behaviors okay so do me a favor pause this right now and grab yourself a pen and paper or heck even use the notes of your phone trust me you're going to need these i'll wait all right are you back okay well help me welcome crystal to parenting that kid thank you so much for joining me on this blistery day in my life i am really excited i have to say your name popped out to me and your business, because I am a mom of children struggling with, oh, so many array of things. But when I read (laughs) your website, I was like, oh, this lady needs to be in my life. So thank you so much, Crystal, for joining me. Can you introduce yourself? Just give us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do,
1: all of that good stuff. Yes. Thank you. Um yeah so I am a parent coach and a life coach. Um so I'll tell you a little bit about me. I'm homeschool, I'm from Canada. I have four kids. My oldest is 14, my youngest is 4. I have three boys and a girl. Um I'm really into uh, positive parenting. A lot of people use a lot of different words, but connection-based parenting, attachment-based parenting, all of that. Um and I have been for a long time and I really wanted to become that kind of a mother and I found that it was a real struggle for me, um especially With my second son who had several diagnoses. We had a really hard time with him. And it wasn't until I really started to shift my expectations around him and really change how I showed up as a mom that things started to shift and change. And then I found life coaching and I went to the life coach school and they learn um they teach what's called causal coaching. So it's kind of finding the root cause behind behaviors. So it's not just like a parent coach who's like okay go home and do this these are five different you know connection tips you know i would try things like that i would read the books and i was like but how do you actually do it now like okay <laughs> i love this but like how do you do it and so i finally found the how-to Okay which was mindset and thought work and all these different tools and tips that now I teach and use regularly all the time. And so my kind of story was that I was just really struggling with my son. I was like, he's so difficult to parent. And I really thought it was a him problem, him and his behaviors that needed to change Mm -hmm. in order for me to be able to parent, parent him better. And, um, So everything in our relationship has really transformed. And over time, as we really started to shift our relationship, I noticed that his behaviors really decreased by like a lot. And um, over time, I realized that it was really how I was showing up as a mom that was affecting him as well. And so over time, as that changed, his behavior changed and it just kept getting better and better. And we started having a much better relationship Um, so much so that we actually didn't get him diagnosed until recently. And it was even hard to get a diagnosis because the doctor would ask me questions and I'd be like, well, actually that's pretty good right now. But I mean, (laughs) if you asked me a year ago, I'd be like, this is the answer or the rest of his, you know, 10 years of existence. So things are so much better. We're in a really good space. I have uh, now my third son, I'm sure uh, also has something and he's also uh, has some difficult behaviors that are difficult to manage. Mm -hmm. But now that I have all these tools, I feel a lot better suited to be able to handle them. And my mantra is good enough parenting. So Mm -hmm. we don't need to be perfect moms. We don't need to never yell. We don't need to never lose it on our kids. We just need to be good enough parents. And I think when that's our goal, then we can have more grace and compassion for when we do make mistakes and for when they make mistakes and we're will, more willing to, you know, apologize and try again. And uh, yeah, so that's me in a nutshell, I guess. Good enough parenting. I love that.
0: I love that. I just spoke with somebody today about how we just can't be perfect, but we have to be okay with the kind of parent we are, but good enough parenting. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's the best mantra because it is the best is good enough. Then you're there. You don't have to reach perfection, but good enough. I love it.
1: Well, and the funny thing is when we strive for perfection, mm-hmm. we fail oh, because yeah. it's literally impossible, right? right? It's superhuman and none of us are superhuman. I haven't met anybody. I mean, maybe somebody else is, but I haven't <laughs> met them yet. So literally we're going to fail and make mistakes. So when we put ourselves up to this high expectation, which I was totally doing for like a decade of my parenting, the more, you know, that mantra, like the more, you know, better, you'll do better. I wasn't more better, no better doing better. I was like, the more that I know now, the more that I'm falling short of my expectations that are increasing increasingly high when then I'm like dwelling from shame, right? Like shame and guilt. And I'm not doing this right. And I'm never right. And I'm supposed to do it this way and I can't do it. And the parenting that comes from that space is more yelling, more frustration, lack of connection, like all of the things that I didn't want to be doing. So it was like this constantly widening gap. And, um, huh. yeah, anyway, so good enough parenting just bridges that gap. Like we're not superhuman. We don't need to, like, we just need oh, to be good so enough. Good.
0: I love it. So you said your son was diagnosed later on and your daughter or your other um, mm-hmm. sons or your next son down probably. What is the diagnosis? Do you mind if yeah. I ask that or what?
1: Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. I um, I have a degree in psychology. This does not mean that I'm you know, able to diagnose right. people, but I have taken some courses in diagnosing. And so I kind of felt like I've kind of new. Like I always knew like, Oh, there's something, whatever. Anyways, I thought that what he had was ADHD and SPD. So uh-huh. attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder and sensory processing disorder. And so I had two nieces that had that. And I was like, Oh yeah, that, that's what this is. And so I was kind of blown away actually, because he was diagnosed with ADHD and then also ASD. So autism spectrum disorder, um, and then also anxiety and phobia. And, um, I was really surprised with the autism diagnosis and it really kind of threw me for a loop. Cause I felt like I would have parented him better. I would have been more compassionate if Aww. I knew that. Right. Aww, and, yeah. you know, and then at the same time, I was like, maybe I wouldn't have, like, maybe nothing would have changed. And it just, I think it just helped me to understand where he was coming from and understand some of his behaviors. It's not something that we talk about a lot. I don't go around like, you know, telling his friends or talking to my family about it. And um, we actually got him diagnosed because he asked for it. We, you know, he was struggling with some things and I talked to him about it. And I said, I've always talked to him about how different people have different brains that do different things. And that's exactly how life is supposed to be. And um, that if he ever felt like he was struggling that, you know, we could chat and he was struggling. And he said, I would like to know so I was like sure so that's why we did it and that's why we hadn't done it when he was younger even though I always suspected there was something there um so yeah so it has been eye-opening and enlightening just because it was a little bit different than what I thought um I do have a brother that has Asperger's um he also has schizophrenia now but at the time uh, growing up when we were younger he had he had Asperger's which now isn't in the DSM now it's just all in one autism spectrum disorder um yeah. So, so that's a little bit about him.
0: How empowering for your own son though. He said he wanted that. I love that. I love that. He knew that about himself at such a young age. He said 10 or something, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was, I think he was 11 and I told him like, you know, there is help. Like if you feel like you're struggling, like there's medications we can look into, there's therapies we can look into. And he said, I just want to know, And he hadn't even heard of it before. So we kind of chatted about it and learned a little bit more about it. And sometimes he'll ask a question here and there or say something funny about it. Um, But it's just not really like a integral part of his life. Like he doesn't focus on it or talk about it a lot. He
0: is. He's so many other things, but that's, yeah, that's so cool. I love that. I love that. He took that on. That's, um, (laughs) that's, That's not perfect parenting, but it's just really good parenting that you've taught him that. (laughs) Okay, so then that seems to me as an outsider looking in that that is a great base for what you're doing in this world and what you're doing to help parents and families that the the personal experience with something is Mm -hmm. is that you're using in your, your field of study now that you've, that you've gone into and yeah, the- so
1: it was kind I kind of happened onto life coaching. I was actually looking for master's programs because I wanted to be a therapist. Oh, and I okay. have a mom and a sister who are therapists, and I was like, I'm gonna go look for a master's program. And I found I just kind of happened onto life coaching and was like, wait, this is actually what I want to do. Like I think in my mind it was always coaching. I just didn't know, I didn't have a word for it. And so um I hopped on the train right away, loved it, loved my certification program, loved everything about it. And it really started to transform my parenting in an even deeper way that I didn't even think like I I had already mm-hmm. felt like I'd made a lot of changes and I was gonna go do something to help other people. I didn't think that I had so much more help I needed. And it really transformed hugely in the six months I had took six month certification and then another six month training after that. And, um, again, just such a deeper shift in our relationship and in my parenting. And so I kind of started dabbling in a few different things. The certification program I took teaches you business coaching, weight loss coaching, like all of these different things. And so you kind of take your own expertise and background, and then you take these life coaching tools and you combine them. And I realized that my story was really like my shift in parenting because of, you know, positive parenting or because right. of intentional parenting, I like to call it radical connection because I think it really is a different, a very different approach to parenting. So I just kind of combined the way that I describe connection parenting with um, the tools that I had and um, my experience. And that's what I help moms with. So
0: how can you explain what you do then? because of this? Like how did yeah. this, it came together. What does it look like when you go out in the world and start putting this into practice?
1: Yeah, it's, it's so awesome, actually, because I feel like everything that was missing from the parenting books that I know and love were the how to like, they even sort of tell you how but you're like, but how do I literally do that? Because I'm an impatient, angry, snarky mom, (laughs) like how do I, I'm overwhelmed, I'm burnt out, I'm stressed (laughs) out. (laughs) I heard my friend say, my friend has seven children. And I remember one time she said, I love that kind of parenting, but I feel like that's for like only children. Like that's the only way. Right. And then I have a friend who only has one child who believes in this form of parenting also. And she's like, no, I can't do it either. (laughs) It does not matter how many children you have. It was like, it's just been such a struggle. So I feel like it's gaining a little bit more popularity. People are coming to know people like, you know, Dr. Newfeld, Dr. Siegel, um, Dr. McNamara, um, Kim John Payne, Dr. Tina Payne Bryson, they're getting mm-hmm. a lot more popular, but people are still reading those books and then like, right. okay, now what, like, how do I bring this into my life Into it? So um, I have two different kind of things, ways that I work with people one way is kind of like a really intensive transformative experience where people work with me for six weeks. They get access to me over Voxer. So they'll they'll like, I just had somebody message me today and she's like, we just had this big blow up with our child. What do we do about this? Blah, blah, blah. So we reach out. I have them reach out to me the whole time we're working together over the six weeks. We meet every week, either with them or as a couple, like um, either the mom or the couple. Mm -hmm. And I also give them access to a monthly membership that I have that's for moms. And then an access to a digital course that I created that talks all about connection-based parenting and how to incorporate it into your life. So it's kind of like a really all in experience. And so for that example, I was working with this couple who had several children that had autism and I work with them. So I work on changing their expectations and how they're showing up as parents. And I work on them being able to become the confident parents that they want to become, to be able to handle these kind of difficult situations so that they don't have to always be turning to parenting experts, but that they can kind of become their own parenting expert. So, um, that's kind of my goal. And then I do that on, um, a different level within a monthly membership that I have. So this monthly membership that I have, you can get the same results, but it's just going to take a little bit more energy and effort on your part. So you come to the group coaching calls. There's a lot of content within there that you work through. And, um, kind of the premise is we work on us before them. So Mm. we always think that it's our child and their behaviors that are difficult and we want to fix them, right? We want to get them diagnosed. We want to give them medication. We want to take them to therapy because they're clearly the problem, not us. Um, but as we focus on us and as we focus on meeting our own needs and really changing our own relationship with us and being more connected and in tune to us, um, then that's when everything shifts. So this monthly membership is really just like a self-care for moms. It's yeah. teaching mindset tips. It's teaching, how do you actually handle emotions? How do you set and achieve goals? How do you handle difficult situations in your life? How do we change our inner negative self-talk that we all deal with because we're all human. And so, um, this program takes you through all of those things. And, um, it's for moms. It's really low cost. It's $67 a month Canadian, which is, I mean, most of you are probably listening from the U S so that's like a (laughs) dollar. It's not really that low, but it's probably like $50 anyway. So I really wanted it to be accessible for as many people as possible. Um, I made it really low cost. So it's really easy for people to access and you can get just as much of a transformation in that program. If you go in and actually do the work, come to the calls or watch the recordings, or, you know, there's workbooks there that we go through and you have work to do every week. And it's all the things that really changed my life. And now have changed all of my clients' lives. And I see changes happening with them every week on our calls. So you said- it is pretty awesome. Is this for moms or can this be couples coming to you as well? Is there something specific? Yeah. So my one-on-one coaching is either couples or moms and my monthly program is just for moms, but all of the digital content can be accessed by anybody. So for instance, I have this course called transform your parenting teaches all about connection-based parenting and gives you tools to implement every single week. It's a five-week program. And so, um, you can, your husband can access it also. You guys can do it together on your own. Okay. But um, unfortunately, husbands can't come to the come to the mom calls. No, I get, I get women that. women <laughs> only there. You need mom
0: only time. Absolutely. Yes. But as you exactly. mentioned, this is also something that you have to change, shift at yourself, at your own level before mm-hmm. your child, right? It's not your child we're fixing. So I always wonder too, yeah. there's this dynamic of the couple that's raising the child and shifting mm-hmm. that so that the child can experience what they've created um, between them.
1: It is. And that's a question I get often is like, so now what, like, how do I get my husband on board? I honestly don't think your husband needs to be on board. I think it's totally okay. If you parent in different ways, like he has different expertise and knowledge and a really different relationship he's going to have with your child. And that's okay. Because that's actually going to cause more stress. If I feel like he should be parenting different than he is. And now I know a better way and he should be doing that. Well, then that's just going to create conflict between Mm -hmm. you and him and then conflict in the home. So I suggest just dropping the expectations around him having to shift it all. Your child really does only need one um, primary secure attachment in order to develop emotionally the way that we want them to. Um, more is amazing, but it's not necessary. And so we don't have to feel like our parents, our husband, or our partner has to like totally be on board with everything that we're doing. But there's also this concept called interpersonal synchronization. And what that means is like the more that I change, the people around me change also. So if I decided I was going to get up and go to the gym every single day, Likely people around me would probably start doing it too. I actually saw this happen with my husband when I decided to start going to the gym and he was like, Hey, I think I'll join you sometimes. Right. And that's just what happens in life. And so we're not doing it to change our partner. And in fact, when we can lower our expectation that our partner should parent in the way that we want them to, and we can just be like, you parent your way, that's totally cool then they're going to be a lot more open to receiving, um, like at that conversation that we have. Mm-hmm. So my husband, I'll read him little book clips, or mm-hmm. we'll listen to an audiobook together. Like I don't make him, you know, sit down and listen to 12 hours, but I'll be like, listen to this little clip. It's so good. Or like, I just read this thing. It's so interesting, just like I would with anything else I find interesting. And so he's learned little bits here and there over time. And his parenting has shifted over the course of the last decade. Right. right. But, um, yeah. So it's a long like answer that. to a short question.
0: No, no, I like that. It is a long answer, but it's a good answer because it clarifies things. I think people go, oh, wait, but you should be on board with each other. Well, we are on board for the big things in life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, but with everything in life, you go on board for things and you go, well, I'm going to take a little detour here, but I'll come back. And they might do the same kind of thing, right? We all have to yeah. get to the same end. How we get there might look different. That's so great. Yeah. How about, so- The type of client that I picture coming to you, and I picture this because of my family and my children, would be somebody struggling with a diagnosis or children who have a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So my children have, one has ADHD. I have not even had the other, but let's just say that's probably a high chance. If one does (laughs) the other and they're twins and they live the same lifestyle almost, one um, definitely has anxiety. It's pretty crippling every night at bedtime. And then they both have sensory processing disorder. Those, that's very evident in everything we do in our life. Um, we have not had other diagnoses because we just haven't gone through that process yet. But for me, when I read your your story, when I read you, what you provide, I thought, oh, well, that yes, that's my child. My family needs your mm-hmm. expertise. What is your ideal client? Are they people who have children like this or is it just somebody going, I don't know what to do with my kid and I'm just at a loss? or maybe there isn't. I would say,
1: um, it's probably anyone who's struggling with difficult behaviors with their child. So typically if you're struggling with really strong, difficult behaviors, there probably is a diagnosis there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that there always is, there could not be, but most of the people that have reached out to me, um, they could be have toddlers that they don't know what's going on. Right. There's like that one child that they're really struggling with and who's two or three, and they haven't been diagnosed with anything. Um, and so I don't, it doesn't necessarily need to be somebody that's diagnosed, but just somebody that, uh, that you really feel like has difficult behavior that you're really struggling to manage and to parent them well. And to feel connected with them and you kind of are looking for a different way to maybe parent um, it's very different it's' um... Um, no rewards, no punishments. So that means no grounding, no spanking, no yelling, no bribes, no threats. Um, And that might sound really extreme. Like, how do I get my kid to listen if I don't take away their Xbox or their cell phone or give them a timeout? Um, But it's relationship-based. So it's building that relationship so that over time, um, they'll just want to obey you. They'll want to be with you. They'll want to be around you. They'll want to be like you. All of those things. Like, I like to think of, um, you know, my favorite teacher growing up. And I think about, well, why would She, my favorite teacher growing up. And I'm like, oh, because I felt like she loved me, didn't have anything to do with what she was teaching, right? The teaching was secondary. The relationship was first. And that's exactly what this focus is, is radical connection is relationship first and relationship above everything else relationship, above behavior, above teaching, above changing our kids' behavior. And as that relationship is the focus, then my behavior is going to shift. And as my behavior continues to shift then their behavior will shift also because they'll just kind of be able to breathe that sigh of relief. Like, oh, it's okay that I have these big emotions. It's okay that I sometimes have meltdowns. Like when I say meltdowns, I mean like more than just a tantrum, right? A tantrum is like a toddler laying on the floor and kicking and screaming. That's a tantrum. When you have like a meltdown, it's like beyond that. It's like throwing things and calling you names or swearing at you or throwing a remote against the TV and smashing the TV or pulling down beds or, you know, smashing pictures, like really crazy behavior, because literally that it's like, they're a toddler still either because they haven't developed emotionally or because there's a diagnosis there, but they are emotionally dysregulated. They don't know how to handle their emotions. And typically what we do is called mirroring emotion. So when somebody around us has like a high level of emotion, we're going to go to a high level of emotion in response. Um, And we're not very comfortable being around people that are having big emotions. We don't know how to deal with our own big emotions. So then we don't know how to deal with theirs. So then we kind of match their emotions. So you imagine this child having a meltdown and then I have a meltdown right back at them. I'm yelling and screaming at them and like, why are you doing this? This isn't acceptable. You're so disrespectful. How could you say that to me instead of just saying, oh, wait, this child is struggling. That's all this child mm-hmm. is struggling. And so another one of my go-to mantras is they're doing the best they can. There's mm-hmm. always a reason behind the behavior. This is their best no matter how crazy or disrespectful I think it is. Disrespect is something that pops up for my clients often. Um, they feel like their children are disrespecting mm-hmm. them. And in order to be disrespectful like you'd have to like logically yeah. be thinking, you know, like there's so much logic going on in there and when they're emotional, you can't be right. in your emotional and your logical brain at the same time. You're right. just in your emotional brain. Yeah. Huh. So yeah. That's, it. that's, that's true. Disrespect. I, you hear that a lot. This child
0: is disrespecting me when they're not, mm-hmm. they're, they're, their brain isn't there. That's
1: huh. their brain's just not there. They're just having a little, I call it the zones, red zone, yellow zone, green zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when they're in their red zone and they're highly emotional, there's no logic happening. They're not trying to sit like, they're not conniving or being disrespectful. They're just having a hard time and having a big emotion and they well, don't know how to deal with it.
0: And when we get to that level, now we're out of that, right? There's no logic. Mm-hmm. And we have no mm-hmm. way to have a, a constructive action or thought or word towards them because we are no longer in that space either. Right. We've gone exactly else, like they've gone somewhere else. That's really good. Um, so that's, how I'm going to lead into that. How would you suggest you have some tips on how parents could handle, let's just say a meltdown. And I I get the difference between tantrum meltdown. We've taken the doors Mm -hmm. off of our, you know, my son's door um, door before, (laughs) you know, we've moved the bed around. We've done so many things that people with, with this kind of, and I just say, he's very heated at times. And this is who he is with everything. Everything is big, every emotion, which is so lovable Mm -hmm. at times and so much at other times, but how would you as a parent coming into, or as somebody seeing this, a parent struggling, how would you, what kind of tips would you give them or?
1: Um, okay, I have so many tips. Yeah, I saw <laughs> you leave me the question and I was like, oh, okay, how am I gonna break it down? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break okay, it down I'll into do four. Three. Oh, four, okay. Okay, four, I'll do four, but I'll just, I'll just do them like a brief version of each. Okay. Okay, so the first one is, um, what were you just saying? Oh yes, the first one is to notice what their unmet needs are. So just like us, if we haven't had enough sleep, if we hadn't have enough connection time, if we haven't been taking care of us, if we haven't fed ourselves, if we're haven't had enough outdoor time, if we've had too much screen time, all of those things will affect our behavior. So I would look into foods and how foods affect your kids behaviors. Um, I, I have read a lot of other experts. I'm not an expert on this, but I definitely know that this has affected my kids' behavior. Uh-huh. Um, sleep for sure. If they're not sleeping well, it's going to affect their behavior. And then screens, I would suggest reading the book, reset your child's brain by Dr. Rick. Victoria Dunkley. I think that's her name. And she's kind of the leading expert in the field of how screens affect kids and they affect um, neurodivergent children a lot more than neurotypical children and especially kids under 12 and especially, especially boys. So for me, having boys under 12 that are neurodivergent screens are like just the bane of our existence. They just make them explode, right? They're too interactive for them. So I'm not advocating for like zero screens ever, but, um, doing a reset just helps kind of reset their brain. And then you implement it in small little doses until you can see how it's affecting them. Okay. So that's one of the kind of unmet needs that I look into when I'm thinking of this, I kind of try to be an investigator. If this is their best, what's going on behind the scenes. And those are kind of some of my go-tos that I look for, Hmm. Um, that's number one. Um, number two, like we were talking about the zones, I think of red zone, yellow zone, green zone for me and for them. So my red zone is going to look like highly emotional, highly illogical anger, rage, major frustration. So I call that the fire. So don't parent in the fire. Don't parent yeah. in your red zone. Don't react. Don't respond. Don't say anything. Don't text people back when you're in the red zone. I've done this. It's bad. It never gets you anywhere. Good. <laughs> right. Don't respond to somebody's social media posts in the red zone. That's So when you're in the red zone, just wait till you've kind of calmed down. What kinds of things help you feel better? This could be splashing your face with water, taking a glass of water. Maybe you haven't eaten. Maybe you need to do a quick 60 second meditation. Um, maybe you can, you know, write out your thoughts on paper, which I'll talk about in another tip, but, um, This is that something just getting mindful of what zone I'm in so that if I can tell I'm in the yellow zone where I'm a little bit more agitated and frustrated, then I can do something then before I move into my red zone and then, um, green zone would be, you know, calm or confident or whatever that looks like for you. Some people are excited, happy, whatever, peaceful in their green zone. So being more mindful of how I'm feeling during the day and then meeting my own needs will be really helpful. Hmm. And then I can kind of notice what zone they're in also. So now my son, that same son, I can tell when he's in his yellow, I can hear how the conversation's going between him and his older brother. And I know if I don't intervene right then, it will turn red immediately. So I can go in then and then be like, hey, let's go jump on the tramp together. Let's go read a book. Let's go snuggle. Let's go whatever, go on a walk. Um, because I can tell that it's moving into the red zone. Yeah. So zones is something I would highly suggest and finding activities that you like to do or your children like to do to calm themselves down. It doesn't mean that they're going to go to that, even if they've decided, oh, this is what I'm going to feel good about or be able to do. They they're not necessarily going to think of that when they're a red zone or want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, when they're little, you could even role-play this with them. What do you like to do? when you're mad. What do you want me to do? How do you, you know, I asked my daughter this, she was four, and I noticed that we kind of had the same routine when she would have tantrums. Tantrum, so I asked her about it and she said, when I'm mad, I want to scream and yell. And I was like, me too. So that's cool. And then she said, and then I want to be alone in my room, screaming and yelling with nobody around. And then after that, I want to calm down. And then I want to snuggle. (laughs) And it was so cute. It was so cute, but it that is really what she does. Like, that's what we do. That's, that's our go-to. And that's how she handles her big emotions. And I thought it was so interesting that she could even verbalize what she wanted to do. So we can do this with our older kids too. Like, you know, when you're super angry, like, do you want me to be beside you? Do you want me to hang out in your room with you? Do you want me to leave you alone for a while? Do you want to go for a walk right They're They're going to be able to think of that when they're in their green zone. Um, So yes, so that's the second one. The first one's unmet needs. Second one is zones. Okay. Third is self-care. So if you can imagine, you know, parenting from a place where you're burnt out and stressed out and overwhelmed because you're working all the time and you haven't fed yourself nutritious foods and you haven't given yourself good sleep and you haven't taken time to spend by yourself or with your partner, um, you're not gonna be able to parent as well. And so a lot of moms will come to me with what I call the mother martyr syndrome where they don't wanna spend time or money on themselves. They just wanna spend all their time with their kids and they kind of lose themselves in their motherhood. And that's kind of like a badge of honor. Um, I believe the opposite is true. I think that is not a badge of honor. I think that that means that we're giving our children our last little bits, like our overwhelm, our stress out, our burnt out. That's gonna be where the worst parenting comes from. So self-care is selfless and not doing self-care is selfish. And so that would be another big tip I would give is like, what brings you joy? What feels like self-care to you? And I don't mean like chocolate and Netflix, that's not (laughs) self-care, but actually nourishing yourself spiritually, physically, emotionally. Right. That would be my tip number three. And then tip number four is what I call a thought dump. And that's when you write out all of your thoughts on paper, Okay. Just so that you can gain awareness of what's going on. Right. So you can just write it all out. Like, I can't believe he did this. This is so frustrating. He's screaming and yelling in his room right now. I can't handle this. All of those thoughts. You don't judge yourself. You just write them all out. And then you look back through them and you just get curious about them. Oh, that's interesting that I have this story. That's interesting. This is just a thought. Actually, a thought is just a sentence in my brain. It's just words in my brain. Just because I had the thought does not make it true. I'm not my thoughts. Like, how does this story, I, I love Brené Brown and when she talks yeah. about stories. So it's kind of like, what story am I telling myself here? And what other stories could be true? What does my son think? What story would he have? What does my husband think? What would what would my therapist think? What would my best friend think? You know, there's other ways to view this and our brain loves to tell us stories, but it's also a terrible storyteller because it only tells us a few little facts mm-hmm. with mingled with like a hundred little like inserts that it just inserts there to connect this seemingly unconnected thing. Huh. Um, so it's just kind of questioning that and we can do it a little bit in our brains, but we can do it so much better when it's on paper. Wow. I love that. Wow. You're <laughs> that was a lot of things. Sorry. I know, lot,
0: no, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I should have been writing everything down as you were saying all of that, because, <laughs> because now I'm going to go try it all. That's amazing. I love it. And I, I think it's so cool that the brain just talking about the brain that way it's that's how I visualize parenting, right? It's just this story that comes into my head and I trying to recreate the story and make a story out of it. Yes. It might not even be the real story, right? It, or it could, it could be my interpretation and then you've got a different one. So
1: that's right. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's and the that's, problem with stories is that they fuel our emotions. So absolutely. if I'm parenting from a story of like, my child's disrespectful, which is yep. one of the most common stories I see from kids that are like, you know, seven to 14-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have that story, then how am I going to show up in any confrontation with my child? I'm going to show up already defensive, already angry, already judgmental, already frustrated right? Whereas if my story was like, my child's doing their best. Oh, my child must be struggling. They must be going through something. I wonder what's going on here. I'm going to show up in a completely different mode. And that's why it's so important to question our stories. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so true. And you come into that story already ready to fight almost instead of yeah. Up and then let's reprocess this and work through it. Oh wow. That's that those are great. Those are great tips. Again, I should have been writing all that down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. So you threw out a couple of resources and books earlier on and in, in our conversation. Do you mind sharing a few now so that yeah. you know where to go and other ways to
1: Okay, so number one probably would be Rest Play Grow by Deborah McNamara. I call that the Parenting Bible. I love it. It's called Rest, Play, Grow for Preschoolers or anyone who acts like it. Oh, <laughs> it's so funny because as I was reading it, I was thinking about all these adults that I know in my life who still have a hard time with their own emotions, right? Like we all do. And so that book was enlightening. Um, it's, so the initial book is by Gordon Neufeld and it's called Hold On to Your Kids. And he was kind of one of the very starting, I don't know, people talking about what he calls attachment developmental theory, but, um, there's a lot of other people that call it different things, but, um, I loved his book, but it was very theoretical and dry. And I would tell people to read it and they'd be like, I can't read this. Like, <laughs> anyways, maybe it was my psychology background brain that was like, it's so interesting, yeah. but Breast play, grow, Dr. Deborah McNamara works with him. And she kind of put it in a more digestible way. And she added so much more play in there and play is so key for kids of any age. Um, but she just has a lot of actionable tips. I love her website also. I just love her really. She's awesome. Um, and that I also mentioned reset your child's brain and that's by Dr. Victoria Dunkley, because screens really do have a huge part to play with our kids and especially our neurodivergent children and especially our young children. So kids under 12, they're going to really affect them. Um, and interactive screens are different than passive screens. So, interactive is anything on the iPad, even if it's educational, anything on a phone, video games, computers, um, that's interactive. Passive is sitting kind of far away from a TV and watching a show or watching a movie. Um, so they affect our brains really differently. So that is a great book to look into for that. And, um, there's so many other good authors, but that's kind of where I would start is, is with that.
0: That's good. Especially right now, as I mentioned, when we were talking earlier, my children are at they're quasi at home learning right now and so we are on the screens way more than I would ever we actually didn't even have a tv before the pandemic we did they didn't have ipads any of that stuff so it was a shock to all of us but I see it um painfully in my children it's the melt the meltdowns the as I said afterwards you turn it off it's like what I don't even know what's talking to me and they don't know right they cannot process what's coming out of their mouth or their actions and yeah so it's so
1: hard it's so hard this pandemic has just thrown all of us for a loop because we're like well we need to teach them but how do we teach them okay screens now we're having all these negative effects from screens like anyways it's oh it's such a cycle it is such a um cycle. and
0: i think that's where you come in as a parent though because we have been like today you're you know what you're not logging in your health your mental health is so important to me that we're clicking it off yes. and i'm gonna figure out something to work on today with you but it's not going to be this i'm no longer forcing you to feel that way.
1: And I just saw an awesome article from like, I think it was the UK and they said it was a bunch of like experts who were like, our kids need a summer off of like screens entirely. Like we just need them to let them play after this pandemic. Like we need to get off early and just let everybody play for the whole um, summer. And it really does make a difference. So in her book, she talks about green therapy, like having outdoor time and having restorative sleep. And that those two things really do make a difference when it comes to like negating the negative effects of um screens.
0: That's good to hear.
1: So, yeah, yeah I could do a whole episode on screens, but yes, yeah. that I would read her book or, okay. or even just read some articles from her. She's oftentimes she'll be in positive parenting workshops, so I've listened to her speak a few times. Um, and then, yeah, and then I have a podcast brand new, it's yeah. called the Freedom Moms Podcast. So, okay. on there, I give actionable tips like these. So, they'll be a whole episode on how to do a thought dump. There'll be a whole episode on zones. There'll be a whole episode on self-care. Yay. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be great because I really do feel like what I felt like was missing from all these wonderful books was that how to piece in mm-hmm. how to manage my own brain and my own emotions so that I could actually do what they were telling me to do in the books. Right.
0: Absolutely. I, and I'm like it too. I need to step by step. Okay. Pick up the pencil, write this down kind of step. Yes. Don't tell me how beautiful it's going to be at the end. I need to know how to get there. Exactly. Yay. Okay, and so you've got a course, you have a podcast.
1: What other ways can people reach out to you? How can they find you? Yeah, there's so you- many ways. So I have um, a digital course called Transform Your Parenting. If you just want to learn about parenting and you want to do yeah. it on your own, that one is great. Um, you do get access to that for free if you join my monthly membership. That's the $67 a month one. So you get that $199 course for $67 a month if you want to join the membership. Within the membership, I have different courses every single month. I have guest experts come in every month. We have lots of group coaching calls. So you'd come and actually bring your struggle like I'm really struggling with this meltdown. I'm really struggling with this behavior. Like, what do I do? And we actually go through that one-on-one. Um, so it isn't a group session, but I bring like one person up on live and we chat all the way through it. So the uh, one thing that I love about that is that we feel like we're kind of alone. We're the only ones that feel and think the way we do. We're the only ones struggling. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I've had people that have never been coached and only watched other people and had just as transformative an experience. Cause they're like, I think the exact same thing. <laughs> Struggling with the same thing. Um, so I have that. Um, I'm creating a mini course. It might be out by the time this podcast airs. And that will just be kind of like a small, digestible version of Transform Your Parenting so that you can take it and start implementing the tools that we're talking about right now. It's a kind of a step by step how to guide. And um, yeah, you can always reach out to me on my website. Oh, yes. And I mostly hang out on Instagram. So I'm really excited about my new podcast, but that's <laughs> very new. Um, and I I'm on Instagram at coaching with crystal Noel. So I love doing lives. I do free webinars. I like, I just put out free content all the time every week. Mm -hmm. There's something free. So, um, follow me over there. If you just want some help, but don't want to pay to do anything, that is fine too. Just learn from me, implement it, and you can get the same transformation for free. Uh, yay. Okay. So you're everywhere, which is exactly I'm everywhere. To be.
0: That's perfect because we all learn differently and we all, you know, we have pockets of moments and times in our lives. And so we need to figure out how, what works best for us. I love that. You can go on Instagram, grab something. If you're ready to like dive into a course, I think those are always good things too. So yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, I should have written this down. I'm glad I'm recording this. But I can
1: go back and start implementing some
0: of this. But it, um, yeah, you just filled my cup. This is exactly what it, I needed to hear. And as you mentioned, I know there's other people out there that um, feel similar to how I'm feeling when it comes to parenting, that you have some tips that this is probably what they needed to hear as well. So truly, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for listening today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead. Tell me what you liked about this episode. Give me some ideas on what you'd like to hear. Maybe you have somebody you'd like me to ask those nitty-gritty questions to. I'm ready. Oh, and if you have a friend who is also the parent of that kid, click that share button and empower them with some tools and tips as well. And by the way, imperfect parent, I know parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. You are rocking this parenting journey.